Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. Welcome to This Week in Nerd News, one-stop shop for all the pop culture you may have missed this week. Brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Keith B. Cleveland. And I'm your host, Victoria Vertine. How you doing, Victoria? Everything good on your end? I am doing okay, making it through one week at a time. This was a very busy week, both in the nerd space and outside the nerd space. We'll touch on both a little bit in today's episode, but go ahead and start us off. For my segment today, I'm going to take us back to one of my favorites that we haven't done in a while called Things No One Asked For. Now, to clarify, this segment is not necessarily about things that are good or bad. It's just things that people didn't quite ask for, and you kind of either wonder like, hey, I didn't want this to happen, or it's a matter of who talked to who to make this happen and why is it happening. So with that, I'm going to go off with the first of my three topics for this segment today. For the first one, we have a mobile game, which, you know, they're a dime a dozen these days. You can make a mobile game, put it out there, and have people spend all the money on, like, things they buy and all that stuff, in-app purchases or whatever. But, like, every now and then, there's one that catches my eye, and I'm like... Why did that happen? <laughs> but they're always going to make money because I think a few years ago Kim Kardashian had one and that made a bunch of money, right? Mm-hmm. And we have another one that I'm sure will do the same. That is the Eminem mobile game. A company called Tilting Point is making a mobile game for Eminem called Eminem's Adventure and it will be called, a, it's can be considered a puzzle gravity blast game. No one asked for that. But again, everyone's going to make money and the huge company's going to make even more money as a result too. Moving on. There was definitely a time in my life when I didn't realize anime was anime. I thought I was getting all these really cool cartoons that were just more vibrant and energetic and exciting than the rest of the ones I was watching. And you have cartoons like, of course, like the staples of that time period, like Dragon Ball Z and Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon and Digimon. Another one of those that really stuck out and kind of came a big part of my life was Beyblade. And I like it was a point where like I myself probably had like ten different Beyblades in this real plastic arena that I would duel in. And my cousin would come over with his own Beyblades, we customized them to build them all that stuff when in reality we were just kind of seeing whose top would spin the longest after hitting each other more and more but it seemed really fun because in the show when this happened there would be giant monsters coming out of them and stuff and they'd be able to strategize and move on command and everything real life never quite got there but that may be the case soon because paramount pictures is apparently working on a live action adaptation of beyblade in movie format which means all the cool things you got to see tyson or whichever protagonist you liked when you caught on to um, beyblade will become real life. We probably get to see somebody throw like these three inch diameter tops into a ring that's probably the size of a football field then like entire arena sits there and stares at an excitement, right? And that's gonna be a lot. Again, didn't ask for this? Not necessarily mad at it, but I'm very curious to see how that first trail is gonna look when it comes out. And lastly there was a very popular child program that ran on PBS for 25 years now. They just said farewell after a very long, successful run. This is the show that I remember being a part of my entire life until I aged out of it myself. For my fellow millennials or people of any generation, actually, like it may be something you grew up with and then maybe you turned away from it like I did or something that you've had and shared with younger children in your own life, right? And I'm talking about none other than Arthur, the famous show about the yellow sweater-wearing aardvark that at one point became a meme on social media. It finally came to a close this week and I admit I did try to watch the episode myself and then I quickly learned after like two or three minutes like oh 
I am not the audience for this at all. Like this, this no. And so then what I did at that point, based on being saw on Twitter, I fast forwarded to the last like three or four minutes so we could get a look at the fast forward like 20 year time skip that they did with the characters because like as we've grown so have they it was interesting to see how everybody ended up just to do it really briefly and all that stuff um arthur's best friend buster became a school teacher his sister dw who always tried to get him in trouble or snitch on him ironically became a police officer who just gives everybody tickets um muffy who was like who was very very like ambitious in her own right she's running for mayor in the town they all live in the former bully turned best friend Oh, I forgot his name. But no, oh, I forgot his name. Binky. Dang it, Binky. There we go. Yes, there we go. Um, he became a news anchor. Um, Francine sells sneakers and runs a whole company where she makes sneakers and other fashion type things. So like a lot of characters be developing, grew up to do things that fit their character and all that stuff. And lastly, Arthur, the main the main character of the show, grew up to become a storyteller. But specifically, he wrote a graphic novel about his own childhood called Arthur, which, no surprise, is the story that we've been watching for the past twenty five years. But like, so a moment of applause for like wherever you are for like Arthur and his twenty five year run and going out on the good note and all that stuff. But it still sucks to see it end, right? Because like nobody asked for it to end, and also nobody asked for the weird hair choices that they made with Arthur as an adult either. Because that threw a lot of people off, myself included. Yeah, these are all very strange things. Um, I will I will go in the order of what I see as the most strange to the least strange. The most strange for me, I think, is Beyblade. So a couple of reasons for that. We know my childhood was strange. I was not allowed to watch Beyblade. In fact, I only ever knew Beyblade as a toy, like, as those, like, 90s and 2000 commercials of, like, oh, do you want to be a champion? Here, get this weird plastic top. And it will go really fast. Like, that is how I interacted with Beyblade. And that's, I thought that was, like, the whole thing. And so I just remember being very confused about, like, are there monsters? I don't, what's <laughs> going on here? And I think in my mind it was, like, battle bots but safe <laughs> which i don't think is what the actual concept of beyblade is but that is how tiny victoria interacted with beyblade and for that reason this seems like a bad decision in general just because live action of anime always seems like a bad decision but specifically with the point of view that i come from this seems like it's just gonna go I can just the only thing that I can picture is like the commercial like it's always boys and they're in like they're in like different color plain t-shirts with overalls and hats <laughs> on backwards and like that's what I think of when I think of Baby Blade live action <laughs> I feel like it's just gonna be weird but that's just me I didn't watch the show, so maybe it'll be great. Uh, Eminem mobile game, I agree with you 100%. It's going to do amazing, regardless of how actually innovative, fun, or just objectively good the game is. It will make so much money. Um, I'm a little bit confused because you eat M&Ms, right? So, like... But they're also oddly sentient people with personalities. So, like, maybe they're going to go, like, an Angry Birds route 
where you're like helping them to find a thing, but then also you still want to go to the store and buy them and eat them. I don't know. I think it's going to maybe some existential crises about consuming candy, which maybe isn't the worst thing in the world. I don't know. It's going to be weird, but it's going to make a ton of money. We'll see what happens. And then <laughs> I feel like half our listeners have weird feelings about M&Ms now. I, I have always found it weird that they like personified them, them in that way. It always seems weird. There's a few things like the Mr. Peanut, of course, is personified. Um, but then there's a lot of stuff that they will give just enough that it's fun, but it's not like, oh, this is an actual person. Like the Hershey's Kisses Christmas commercials, right? They're always like, oh, I've got a little bit of personality, but you can still eat me. Or the, the Cinnamon Toast Crunch ones. Feels very weird to eat M&M's sometimes. It's fine. We also had years of commercials of them worrying about being eaten. Right? And I'm like, that's, that's kind of the yeah. purpose, so that's really weird marketing decision. Yeah, it's it's strange. But that's fine. <laughs> Moving on to Arthur and other weird things that we as humans personify. <laughs> Arthur and Aardvark. Well, yeah. By the way, it looks nothing like an actual Aardvark. Does not look like an Aardvark. Definitely thought that's what Aardvarks looked like for a long time and was like, Mm, you books have got it wrong because I know what aardvarks look like. They look like Arthur. Uh, I do think just on a meta level, the fact that I was also annoyed by his hair, but not by the fact that he's wearing clothes. <laughs> that was fine. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the hair is just, it's not what you ever imagined Arthur having. So it's just like, that's the person you I know. We used to wearing clothes. We've seen yeah. that 25 years. Yeah, I, but I remember as a kid, though, still being more annoyed by the hair, like D.W.'s hair. And I think Francine oh. was the one who had the braid. And I was like, that's not how, because Francine's like a monkey, right? Well, no, I think, I think, I think you're thinking of Muffy. But Muffy's I think Muffy the and monkey. Francine, I, yeah, I think, actually, I think Francine yeah. and Muffy are both monkeys, actually. Yeah, I just remember that being like, that's not how hair works. But not caring at all <laughs> that they had clothes on. Um, in fact, I think there were a few storylines about like shoes and tying shoes. And I was like, yes, this makes perfect sense. Why are you braiding your hair? (laughs) I don't know. You know what else doesn't make sense about that? How Arthur wears his glasses. They are nowhere near his ears. They're nowhere near his ears. (laughs) They just, they wouldn't work. they couldn't be. They would look weird. Yeah. I think there's, maybe it's Buster's dad. One of the bunny, like one of the the adult rabbits also has glasses that have a similar issue. <laughs> they, they just like, they're like stick on glasses. I don't know. But <laughs> Maybe they're just so tight that they just like can't fall off of their heads. Maybe. maybe that's what they do. Maybe. We need to like stitch this in with true facts about artifacts. You're right, actually. <laughs> We should bring back the animal segments. Bring back the animal segments. Anyway, I am glad that they didn't just end Arthur where it is or where it was, kind of in in their child stage. I think this is a nice wrap up. Um, I was appreciative when they did a similar thing with Phineas and Ferb. Although I will still say that I think Phineas and Ferb gave themselves a little bit of leeway to bring the show back at some point in the future, maybe. But Arthur seems like it, it tied itself up pretty nicely, so that's cool.
we are back. So, Keith headed up section, segment one, which was things no one asked for. Segment two, I'm going to take new projects from creators that we love. So, there were two things that I saw on the docket this week that are from kind of tried and true creators that I'm really excited for. So, let me get them out there for you and see what you think, Keith. So, first up, we have Our Flag Means Death from creator David Jenkins, but with a strong show of support from Taika Watiti, who is a producer, one of the main characters, and directs the first episode. So, this pirate adjacent, I guess? This This show. Yes, this this show. (laughs) This pirate adjacent show follows kind of a true story like there there is some truth to this there was a man named steed i'm gonna go with that s-t-e-d-e steed bonnet who did in fact have a midlife crisis and decide you know what like i'm gonna go be a pirate and i'm going to write about my ventures into piracy and so the show follows this person but of course just takes it to the nth degree and just really, really exaggerates everything, right? And this man who is calling himself the Gentleman Pirate goes on all of these adventures and ends up meeting up with Blackbeard, the legendary Blackbeard who is played by Taika Waititi, and hijinks ensue. And they we get to watch it. Uh, there's a lot of amazing folks on the cast, including Leslie Jones and Fred Armisen, amongst others. And, of course, with someone like Taika Watiti on board, who's known for a ton of things, including what we do in the shadows, reservation dogs, and, you know, some other, like, Marvel-related stuff. I'm super excited to see how this comes out. It looks hilarious, uh, and it has that same kind of feel as what we do in the shadows, which makes me really excited. And it will be out this upcoming week when we're recording anyway, March 3rd on HBO Max. So I'm excited about that. The second thing that I saw is an upcoming James Brown docuseries. So I know that you and I, Keith, are always on some like historical jams. So I was excited to see this. The docuseries is being Um, kind of headed by Questlove and Mick Jagger. So amazing names for a multitude of reasons, but it will cover the kind of rise of the Godfather of Soul himself. And Questlove, as we know, was behind last year's breathtaking Summer of Soul documentary, which was the one that highlighted the previously buried footage of the 1960s Harlem Cultural Festival, alongside modern-day interviews with performers and attendees. And just the way, the care and the dedication and the respect that Questlove puts into all of their projects, but specifically Summer of Soul, which is the last thing that we saw. I'm so excited to see that same thing brought to a docuseries about James Brown. And hopefully we will get this docuseries sometime next year in 2023. So those are the things that I have for you. What do you think? When it comes to Our Flag Means Death... I started laughing when you mentioned the plot because I didn't remember the name of this, but I definitely saw the trailer for it like a week or so ago. And then I'm like, okay, this is going to be another one of those like 
this is going to be a lot of fun. Because, like, one, as we said on the show many times, we love Taika Waititi, and, like, most things that he does, like, he can pretty much do no wrong for us here, at least from what we've seen. And this seems like it's going to be up that same alley. And random question for you, Victoria, and I promise I'll bring this back around. Okay. Um, we talked about this in the Black Nerd Problem Slack at one point in time. Were you also one of those people that grew up having to watch VeggieTales? I did watch VeggieTales, yes. So, so do you happen to follow a question? Do you happen to recall that they once made one of the mini movies? One was called The Pirates Who Don't Do Anything? So, I have many associations with that name. Yes, I remember the VeggieTales thing, but there is also a book series of that name, which is amazing. And you always get two books in one and you have to like flip it over because they're like an A side and a B side. And there is a claymation movie by Ardman Studios called The Pirates Who Don't Do Anything. Let me just tell you, I know about pirates. Anyway, continue. Specifically, Pirates Who Don't Do Anything, apparently. Yes. <laughs> wow, I'm surprised they haven't been trademarked better. I didn't know some people could run with that title <laughs> and everything. But the reason why I brought the VeggieTales movie is because the trailer and the description you gave definitely gave me the kind of vibes I got watching that movie as a kid. I'm like, yeah, it's just like pirates being silly and getting yeah. into hijinks and doing random silly stuff. And that's definitely the vibe I get here. But still, like, again, everything about this seems like something I could go ahead and watch and, and enjoy. It reminds me of that show about vampires that I'm blanking on the name of right now. What we do like in the shadows. Yes, exactly. Taika's also involved with that, of course, too. So, like, it's definitely giving me that kind of vibe. So, like, it should be a hit. Um, next up, with the James Brown docuseries, as you said earlier, um, Questlove was, like, a big reason why we ever even got the Summer of Soul documentary. And I think this documentary has everything that you need for it to be a hit. Like, first and foremost, you have the people who are behind it. Like, we see here we have Questlove and Mick Jagger. And Questlove proved himself a Summer of Soul because that, I, I watched a lot of that documentary myself, that my jaw was on the floor the entire time. I don't think that I've ever seen footage of that time period that was that crisp and clear before in my life. And it was just captivating to see that many black people in one space just enjoying themselves and celebrating it. And also the context of the end documentary put around that. And a matter of fact, I think that documentary Summer of Soul, I mean, in this case, has been nominated for a number of awards and all that too. So like we got the pedigree there. And of course, Mick Jagger's involved too. So like that's going to just like help add to that pedigree. Second of all, you have a great, I, angle. It's focused on James Brown. The only thing about that is, I think a lot of people are going to see this documentary and come out of it with very different feelings about James Brown than they had going in, for better or for worse. Like, for better, they may find out some very cool and amazing things that he did in the musical industry and stuff, and how he helped shave this, like, how he helped transform the genre and got the title of being the Godfather's whole and all that, right? On the other hand, I think there's a whole lot of bad stuff about James Brown that people either don't know or forgot about because they knew about it back when it happened in a very different time and place and they're like, they... It was a different context and stuff, you know? So who knows what the reaction that's going to be? But I think over, but like that's a one big documentary film. Like documentary films must be like bring truth to the forefront. So like for better or for worse, I'm very excited to see how that plays out and what people walk away from. And both of these products are something that I'm going to keep my eye on for very different reasons. But I'm probably going to be like super intent on either one of them. So it looks like sometime in 2023, as you said, we'll get the James Brown docuseries. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go ahead and like keep an eye on that. And tell my grandmother, who actually told me she never liked James Brown. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see her reaction with that. I want to watch it with her and see what she comes away with and our flag means death comes out like in a week actually mm-hmm. so that's something I'm probably going to put on the background too um where's that streaming by the way do we know yet hbo max all right i think we're good so with that let's go ahead and close out with our lightning round 
we're going to do something a little bit different today. Normally, we would do a couple of things that we weren't able to get to that we just wanted you to know about. Today, there's only one thing that we wanted to focus on. So I wanted to take a moment and talk about the situation that is currently happening, the invasion of Ukraine. So Ukraine has been invaded by Russian forces, and that invasion is in fact a violation of international law. And what we wanted to say about it is that we know that this affects our community near and far in many, many different ways. So we just want to encourage everyone to stay informed, to take care of themselves and those around them as much as your situation allows. Wanted to... Uh, make you aware of a few things that are going on in our kind of nerd sphere. So many game studios and other nerdy spaces have made statements in support of our Ukrainian fam. And if you're looking for a way to show your own support, think about buying from Ukrainian game studios or comic book artists or from the many companies who are pledging their profits to Ukrainian support efforts. Speaking of which, Brandon Sheffield from Necrosoft Games is setting up an itch.io bundle that will be available soon. If you're a developer or a consumer or both, watch their Twitter page at Necrosofty for ways that you can be involved. Also, please, please check out Rebecca Valentine's article on IGN.com entitled Games Industry Calls for Support for Ukraine, which I used as the main source for this section and which has an amazing amount of links to other ways you can help out as well. So, Thank you. Please take care of yourselves, and we're here for you. With that, if you'd like to hear our thoughts on these topics or anything else in nerd news, feel free to tweet us at BlockNerdProblems with the hashtag TWINN. That was This Week in Nerd News. Tune in next week for more pop culture. I'm your host, Victoria Vertine. And I'm your host, Keith Ree Cleveland. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Bye, everyone.